us probably in a better position than most video vendors. We've been doing this forever. Welcome, everyone, to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. I'm your host, Sam Dark, and here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Here at the Driving Vision Podcast, we focus on ways in which we drive vision to the benefit of the world around us. Today, we feature two examples of teams and individuals driving that vision. First, join Team Ziggler as we converge on Wisconsin's Road America last weekend to celebrate a Ziggler Family Day, led by Ziggler-sponsored NASCAR race car driver Josh Balicki. Here, members of Team Ziggler share our enthusiasm for working and for playing together, and our commitment while at work to each other to deliver our very best on behalf of our customers. That vision truly shines through whether we're at work or at play. But first, we turn to part one of two episodes featuring president and CEO of tech company Covideo, whose vision is to increase the quality of connection and communication in the automotive industry, one customer and one dealership employee at a time, utilizing, yes, video. We turn now to Covideo president and CEO Jason Price. Hey, everybody, welcome to the special edition of the Driving Vision Future of Zag Today podcast. With us today, Mike, we have a very special guest. So we have the president and CEO of CoVideo, which some of you may or may not know the name of that company. If you don't, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. If you do, you realize the benefits to our business of that particular product. So along with us today is Jason Price, president and CEO of CoVideo. Jason, welcome. Sam, great to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to it. And Mike Van Ryan joining us as always, and Matt Thomas on occasion. Welcome to the show as well. So, Jason, let's get to this. You're coming to us from your offices in Indianapolis, where CoVideo was founded. Would you give us a little background on the company and its founding going back however long that takes to go back? Be happy to. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long journey for us. So, we started the company, launched it officially in 2005. I think it's probably worthwhile noting that before that, and to be clear, so in 2005, we were 22 when we actually launched it. My partner and I, we were Purdue uh, students. Uh, we went to Purdue. We were computer science majors. I wasn't the best programmer, but uh, I could figure out how to get some things done. My partner is the tech genius of how we build stuff. So we launched uh, a what you'd call essentially an online food ordering program in 2002 on Purdue campus, put it down to Indiana campus. So trying to, you know, of course, be in a fraternity and have a little fun, run this company. We ended up getting to $100,000 our, uh, our junior year. So we thought we were the smartest people on the planet, wow. especially from Indiana, right? So it's like, well, we know what we're doing. Um, yeah. One of the challenges we had, though, is nobody had internet. So they had computers, didn't have internet. So we had to find a way to fax the orders into the restaurant. So we had all these issues and they would sit in the fax because it didn't. Wait, Jason, let's stop this for just a minute. You were Uber or DoorDash before DoorDash ever happened, Jason. What percent of DoorDash are you getting on the proceeds of the DoorDash idea? I hope you trademarked and copyrighted this idea. Zero. Zero? And I I deserve zero. That's wrong. I didn't do it well. So that's how these things work, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, so we, yeah, we launched this thing. We it were, is. we were doing pretty well, but the challenge at the time, the infrastructure was awful. Like a lot of the restaurants in Indiana, truly they were on dial up if they did have internet, but the, the challenge really was the fax. So the fax machine was in the back, typically a lot of these restaurants. We found a way to digitally, someone can make their order, send the fax in and, you know, 10, 11 PM, Cooper and I just getting tons of calls from orders not getting fulfilled. And so, you know, we, we had no idea what we were doing, right? We just, we built some tech. We were making a little bit of money 
And so we had this whole thing. Well, they need to be trained. And that was the biggest thing we, we were trying to figure out. At the time, there was no way to get, get a video to them. No way. Like you could burn it to a CD, put it in a car that we didn't have or put it in the mail, right? And so we're like, well, we got to find a way to get video online yeah. so we can train these idiots to know how to actually use this product. Yeah. Uh, so we got started getting the video on, on some small level. It was one of those weird sort of amalgams of time where as this thing was kind of like, do we put our energy into this? We ended up going to NADA for this video product we had built that was close to useless, but also very good, right? Uh, we had one dealer that was using it. And this was once again, <laughs> 2004 going to 2005. And we ended up landing a almost a $300,000 annual contract. And so we said, well, we're gonna go to video. We shut down the wow. online food ordering almost overnight. And then we got into video, which was also, to be clear, to be clear, way too early. Now, had we done YouTube, yeah. that would have been perfect time. But B2B video in 2005, super early. So do you ever sit around with your the, the original founders of CoVideo and do you say, uh, DoorDash? Like, we were almost there. Like, have you ever had that conversation? Occasionally, but not really, though, because we're where we're at, I suppose. Yeah, because you, yeah, weren't, I mean, my you weren't there yet. Probably a little bit more, but for me, I'm much more thinking about, well, we're lucky to be where we're at, I suppose, right? A lot of things worked in our favor. I mean, it's a fun yeah. conversation to have, but look, there's a lot of people with great ideas that someone else does it a lot better. Yeah. I, I don't worry about that. That just wasn't our time for that. It's so interesting, Jason, how great ideas, great businesses are born of the marriage of opportunity and technology, right place, right time. And you certainly had the advantage of both of those. So what is it that gives CoVideo the benefit or an advantage in the marketplace in the automotive space today? Yeah, great question, man. I mean, I think, I mean, this is obviously a rapid shift from the conversation we just had to this point, but I mean, I would say it goes back to our roots, right? In 05, I mean, you know, I, we closed our first dealer group. It was down in Florida. I won't say the name, but they were a very large one. And I got in my little uh, Chevy Cavalier that could barely make it down there and I drove to every store. And I filmed all the internet autoresponders, uh, the GM thank you message, and we crushed it for them. And they're still with us to, that, to this day, right? So I think we, we kind of learned that, you know, we had to sort of think through how to deliver for the customer, right? I would say back to your question, where we're at now, what makes us probably in a better position than most video vendors, we've been doing this forever. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, most people are trying to catch up to us. They won't, right? And I think you probably can tell from our energy and the way we think about tech. Look, video is just beating on the B2B side. And, and if you really think through the shift of COVID and how things really started transition to Zoom and remote work, I mean, even on the dealer side, right? But, but it, literally across every industry, I think we've now shifted how we do business. The truth for me is dealers are already doing it. I mean, we have 2,800 rooftops right now that know for a fact that if they get a lead, there's a better way to engage them in this video. And so the shift is already sort of there. We've just been doing it for a very long time. And But we're not one of the uh, the old longtime vendors that didn't innovate. We're, we're still innovating like crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. So thinking about that innovation, even back to those early days. So way back when, when you began, video wasn't as key and crucial in that back and forth with the customer as it is today. Now today, Jason, you go to TikTok, you go to Facebook, you go to Instagram. Everyone is talking about how important video is to convey and to create a relationship and a connection to the customer. What has changed the the face of social media so that it's not so much pictures and text, but now today it's generally and it's widely accepted as video. What is it about video that is so effective, Jason? Yeah, I wish I had an example. I mean, you know, for me, I think about maybe the best way to describe it if, if, the, if you're sports fans, right? And you have some of these iconic yeah. moments. So this is what I typically do when I've, I've done uh, in-person talks. You have Michael Jordan with some of his most famous shots. You can read about it. 
Like I could just print it out right now. You could read it, right? Or you could hear it, which yes. would be interesting. But when you see it, it's- Which is it's the radio, in, yeah, right? The or radio, a podcast. It's incredible. Yes. Yep. Um, same thing with Tiger Woods. Yep. That's usually the shot I use. His famous shot coming out of uh, the Masters on 16, right? Where, where he chips out we and it, it rolls down and it barely gets into the hole. You read it, not very cool, right? You hear it, you're kind of excited. You see it, it's powerful. Look, we're visual and audio. I mean, it, so for me, like, I don't think the conversation anymore is around is video powerful. It is clearly the most powerful medium, right? We like seeing all the elements. And the truth is the most innovative dealers are doing it. But I think it's not just dealers across every industry, right? I mean, video is, is going to be the, the most dominant form of communication. The one thing I will say, though, going back to your question, why it took so long, infrastructure and technology, right? I mean, you don't have yeah. videos loading, you know, inter internet speeds had to catch up. The mobile phones, there were some issues there, right? But in the last four or five years, and it sounds crazy, right? Because you think, well, video has been going on forever because of YouTube, but and it has been, right? But to be, from a B2B perspective, to deliver the right communication to our customers, it's really been the last five or six where everything was in place to where we can deliver that communication and everything will be in a way that, that, that essentially delivers the right brand. So to me, I think technology is what held it back. Uh, but now it's just people not doing it. They're just missing the boat. It's, it's time to do this. So that leads us to our next question, Jason. So if it truly works and social media and our world today shows that a connection through video is a better connection, if it truly works, if it's quantifiable and if it is quantified, which it is, here's our next question. This is as much for Mike and Matt as everyone. That means everyone is doing it, right, Mike? So we can bring it into a meeting. We can suggest people go make a video using this this technology, and we're going to get 100% of the people that we bring into that meeting doing it quickly, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. So I get a good question. <laughs> That is not I correct, know, Mike. Mike. You're being too polite <laughs> to me. But it's so, a lie. Like somebody comes to you and says, I'm not that tech savvy, right? I don't know how to use this thing. What, what would you say to them? Well, but before we go there, Mike, why don't people use it, Jason? It's good tech. It's intuitive and it's easy. We've reached the intersection of the ability of technology to do this flawlessly, and yet people don't do it. What is it about human nature that the stuff that makes most sense to do, people don't do? Let's go back to Mike first. You can't take his thunder, Mike. Can you answer the question for me, please? I think you had it. Yeah, I think people get comfortable and uh, they don't want to go out of their comfort zone, right? And they're reserved. I'm trying new things. Yeah. So uh, that is actually the, the probably the first answer I would say. So that's a perfect one, right? So for us, we're on video now. We're kind of used to it in Zoom and live meetings. Here's the crazy thing, right? People that are on Zooms every day still don't feel comfortable recording themselves sometimes. I don't know what it means, right? It's like, yes. because maybe it's, it's out there forever and they don't think this will be, which this will be as well. So it, I don't think people think about that as well, but when it's live, it feels more natural. When they're recording, they feel like they have to be an actor, which that's not the case. You just have to be yourself, yeah. right? Like if you're, you're trying to sell a vehicle or you're in the service department trying to let a customer know how they have a, a very unexpected repair, but you're trying to document that so they're comfortable with that. You're just doing the job you normally do in person. And so what I tell people, and so Mike nailed it, it's just people are uncomfortable behind the camera. And look, it's going to have to happen. I mean, they're going to get there. I would say the second component to that is not holding people accountable. So you have people that are are comfortable, but you have managers that, look, like for me, I, even in my, let's pull outside the auto space, right? I buy a piece of software. I, I do something in my business. 
I get excuses all the time. Well, it's too much work or whatever. But if I know for a fact it's going to move the needle, well, you got to use it. If you don't use it as a salesperson, you don't get commission. Your, your deal comes in without your deal documented yeah. in this particular place that we just now did. Guess what? I'm going to give it to the, the next best salesperson. I mean, so I think accountability is another issue. What, what I've actually found more recently, though, it truly is just being comfortable on camera. So, so Mike did nail it. So we have, we have two components. Outside of those two, there's really nothing else. So Jason, thinking about your most successful dealer groups, large groups that have done business with CoVideo that have adopted this practice of connecting with their customers via video, what are some tips you might give our audience who are thinking, hey, you know, should I do this? Should I? Because by the way, so Mike and I were in a meeting recently. We showed this. I came running in so excited, this shiny tool. And went around the room and one of the one of the one of the uh the our leaders in the room said oh i love this this is one of the coolest ways to connect with a customer we've ever seen oh well tell me about how it's going well we canceled it what we canceled it because people weren't doing it so i asked the leader i said are you doing it no and so we had a homework assignment jason no as way leaders to by, give, by the way uh, can you tell me in that our is? group permission yeah. We can. We can. Uh, off I, I will off call. Okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to make a note to follow up on that. Is that okay? I don't want to. I want to talk to that person. I don't want to embarrass him. I don't want to embarrass the, uh, him. Him on the call. But it's interesting. It goes back to the old thing. If it was about knowing and not doing, we'd all be billionaires with rock hard abs, right? The doing somehow is tough, Jason. Right. So tips and hints for somebody that's looking to overcome the fear. Yeah, great question. Well, I, I can tell you that the truth is many people don't have the fear as much as you would expect, but it's a good excuse. And if you hear a few people in your store saying that, it's easy to say, well, you know what? I've, I'm already selling every car that's here, it's, especially the last two years. You got to remember the market's been different. I know things are shifting back, right? With used cars and interest rates, whatever, but we were selling every car we had for the last two years, right? Yeah, but so I'm going to come back on you, Jason. Something we teach in our auto group is the auto experience is not transactional, it's relationship. And if we yeah, can nail sure. the relationship, then we're going to win transaction after transaction after transaction. So today's environment and economy is about selling a car after a car after a car. What you're creating is the foundation to create a lifelong relationship with that customer, Fair Jason. So by the way, I won't fully disagree. I agree with what you're saying. But what I will say is that your sales rep waking up in the morning, called a year ago, with limited inventory, yeah. selling everything he possibly yes, can sell. True. He's not thinking that way. So yeah. I'm not sure who's listening to this, but my okay. gut is, it's, it's it's simple for us to believe that, but at the same time, we know that, yeah. look, they have a lot of ways to sell cars, especially in the last couple of years. What I can say, though, so there's yeah. two things before I go into how we actually solve this. The first thing is- Thank you for giving them an excuse, Jason. Go ahead. Thank you. We got to love the salespeople, right? We're not going to be here without them, so- they need a little bit of love. That's true. Amen. But I think the other thing too is the market's going to shift. We we knew it was going to happen, right? And so you don't want to be as the dealer that was waiting for something to happen. And, and then it hits you. And now you're just, well, you have all these used cars that you expect to have. And look, I, I know the inventory, we saw the issue on the new car side. At the end of the day, dealers are starting to have to sell a bit better than they used to, right? And I talk to a lot of them every day where inventory was, they couldn't have enough cars now. And I'm not sure what you're seeing, Sam. And I will close out your loop on this, but I want to make sure we're thinking through this the right way. Are you starting to find yes. scenarios to where you actually have yes. more cars than what you need? Yes. We do not have more cars than we need. We have less new cars than we need. Okay. Um, and, so, and, but more and used we are cars, fighting like hell to get right? the used. Okay. Yeah. 
Yes. Fair enough. Correct. All good. So here's what I would say to someone to coach you that. And look, we're not giving them an excuse, but the truth is that is, I don't agree with that excuse, but I'm telling you that's the way they think. So you can't help someone get yeah. out of that until you know how they're thinking. The first thing yep. is it starts with the manager. That's the truth. So, so our, our most successful dealer groups, and you know, we have some of the biggest ones here. And I'm not saying this in a way that will diminish anything we're doing here. There's some small ones as well, but it, it's, it's all starts at the top and how we push this message down. And so when you put in a piece of yeah. software, and I think this is where it goes back. It's a process, right? So if this is a new process yep. that I'm now as the GM, or maybe we have a regional person that's now pushing this through, there is only one answer for the salespeople is you have to do it. That is your yeah. job. Yeah. And so I'm going to go back to closing out my last loop on that is we were selling every car we had. So if a sales rep said they wouldn't do it, the truth is any sales rep could have come in and sold those vehicles. So for me, it typically yeah. starts on the management side, which is how do we hold our people accountable and do they believe in it and enough to push it through? Anytime I've seen it not work, that's typically what it is. Now, look, even the people that are most uncomfortable on camera, they sell their first car and then they have that video forwarded out and it's viewed a hundred times and they get a bunch of referrals. They're using it forever. So the issue is it, yeah. it's about getting the team to use it initially, but it starts at management. And, and look, they have yeah. a lot of problems they're thinking through, but I'm telling you, management typically is the reason why this thing doesn't roll out. So the leadership team sets the standard of expectation and follows through on, on ensuring that that standard happens. Now, if I'm a salesperson listening to this podcast and I really want to grow my clientele and I want to be a business owner growing a business, I'm out of my mind if I don't say, hey, whether I'm asked to do it because leadership says this needs to happen or whether I see the way I can connect and make this not transactional, but relationship. Now I want to create that video, right? And and here's what I've seen, Jason, is the first few videos you see where other people have made the videos. So Mike's done one. Matt's done one. I've done one. There's Snickers, right? We're in the car business. We flip each other crap. Yeah. Fair, Matt. And we're going to flip each other crap. And once that's done and I take that and I still stand for it and then I keep doing it, whoever's giving us a hard time is going to sit back and go, wait. That actually works. And instead of making fun of it, I need to actually get behind it. Because, Jason, I want to take us to the next point, which is you may have started in the automotive industry, which you did, but you've actually recently expanded into other industries. And in fact, there is a beverage manufacturer that's rather well known, Jason. I'll let you share it if, if you want, that has taken this video and applied it to another realm of its business, Jason, that we could learn from in the auto business, right? No doubt. But I think before we close off on the auto side, there's one other point I want to make. Okay, let's Is go it okay back. to close this out? Yeah. <laughs> please. Yeah, so I think it's for the sales reps. No, right? please. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, like they, they have this job they have to do, right? And there's a tool that can help them do their job in a way that's better for the customer. Because for you guys, and I assume, Sam, from your seat, you guys are thinking about customer experience, right? But the issue is most Correct. car buyers, even at this moment, right? Even when they're buying every car that's out there, they're still very nervous and they're scared, yeah. right? And so that's what I keep telling you. Oh, like yeah. the last couple of years, it felt like it didn't seem that way because we were selling most of the cars we had, right? The, the truth is the industry is still the same, yep. right? They go in the service department for an oil change and they get this other you know, couple ROs, some, some upsells, some random stuff. They don't even really believe it, right? And and they go into a car dealer yeah. trying to buy a new car. They don't believe. They get deaf and I. The, the whole process is still the same. And so to close it out, the truth is yep. the reason why you have to be using this technology is because once they connect with you as a salesperson, so it goes back to the salespeople, right? Once they connect with you, they just yep. need that belief. Look, you need to be a good salesperson, right? Take care of your customer the right way. Be respectful. Yep. Know the car they need. 
put them in the right car, understand their payments, all the things you have to do. But when you can get them from online lead to believing that there's a real person that believes enough in you that they can come into the lot, that, that whole thing of transparency and trust is, is a key component. And I'm telling you, the next two years, especially coming out of this a massive wave of inventory and used cars where we're at, is, is going to be huge. So to the salespeople, I go and back to them, I think for them, they have to have that motivation to know there's a reason to use it this way. It's interesting. Before we go into the soda manufacturing, because we do want to go there, a thought I had when you were describing this, Jason, is I think a lot of salespeople in their minds have thought, hey, technology will displace me. Eventually, they, you know, I as a salesperson won't be needed to sell a car. And guess what? Some co- big companies, Carvon and others, have proved that's a complete, complete lie. lie. Never that, in fact, tech technology enhances our ability to deliver an incredible personalized experience, a connection unlike any other, if we'll embrace it as tough as it sure. is, right? Technology makes that human connection even better, Jason, right? Look, I think Carvana is a great example, right? That does not work. And look, they have their issues. I'm sure on some level, people are going to do that. But at the end of the day, especially, look, this is a massive investment for most people. You have the home and you have the car. They want to get behind yeah. the wheel of this thing. And they want someone that's going to, they're going to yeah. come in and believe. And let's be, let's, I don't know what the data is now post-COVID. I really don't. But how many times did someone come in looking for a vehicle and buying something totally different because they got the right car for them, right? Yeah, often. often. Do we know the yeah. data on this? Do yeah. you guys know? Because we used to preach this. You know what? I think we should get this, Jason. And I would recommend CoVideo would produce the data because I think it's out there. But I, I, don't out loud. I got it. All right. <laughs> Mike, did you notice we just got Jason, president and CEO of CoVideo, to take a note as a takeaway. Uh, no. So we'll, well do that as way, a follow-up. I've had a lot of notes here, so it's all good. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, the other complaint we get, Jason, not we, but the other complaint the auto industry gets in our world today is the lack of consistent and frequent communication. So uh, even in a world of, of a shortage of new cars and, and, you know, we're getting back to some more used cars, um, the, the better we communicate with a client and with a customer, the better the relationship goes. And there is a true problem out there at the salesperson level, the, the service advisor level. The better we get at communicating, the better that uh, relationship is. Any thoughts on that, Jason, in our career? Well, I got to be honest. I still solve that in my business today. So what do you think, Sam? Maybe you can coach me on this one. Because this is a tough one, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the truth <laughs> is it's it's because it's yeah. easy to sort of sell a deal and move on to the next right. one. But if you don't remember how you got to where you're at, because people want to keep buying from the same place generally, right? And that whole stream, even from a software company, it means a yes. lot to us. I know it means a lot to a car dealer as well. It's tough to figure out, right? I think it happens once again, back to leadership, to be honest. But the salesperson can do it. I can tell it. Some of the best yeah. car salespeople I know, they are the best follow-up people I've ever met. They're getting referrals. Yeah, best they're complete communicating the right way. Uh, so what's your gut on that one, Sam? Because you might be able to coach me on this one. I'll take it back to my team. You said it exactly right. You've got to set the standard as a leader. You've got to encourage people to do the things that are painful. And I love uh, one aspect of your technology is the ability for me to send a note to my customer, give them an update about their vehicle or their repair. And then if they've had a good experience, just ask them to hit reply and send me a video back letting me know about their experience. Now, at the point they do that, Jason, the all elusive referral that this car business is been so tough to get is there and it's video and it's got the audio and i would assume we can use it in social media jason 
Hey everyone, Josh Bullock here. We are at Road America getting ready for today's NASCAR Cup Series race with Ziggler Auto Group as a main sponsor. We are so excited to be here. So awesome to have nearly 60 Ziggler Auto Group employees here right outside of turn five. They're going to have an awesome view of the race. Hopefully we can move up from our 26th place starting position and have a great day. So thank you so much Ziggler Auto Group. Thank you to everybody who made this possible. We're looking forward to an exciting race. Hey Team Ziggler, it's Tim Stark, your Northern Illinois and Wisconsin recruiter in Plymouth, Wisconsin at the beautiful 640-acre Road America racetrack. We're here today to cheer on Wisconsin's very own Josh Balicki, driver of the Ziggler number 77 car in the Quick Trip 250 NASCAR race during our Ziggler Automotive Group Family Day. I'm having a great time out here with my wife Maria and many of my co-workers. I want to give a big shout out to Mike Van Ryan for giving me this opportunity to help out with this outing, to Matt Thomas who put all this together for our Wisconsin team members while making it look easy, and of course a huge thank you to Aaron Ziggler for his tremendous generosity and again promoting family culture within the Ziegler Automotive Group. Thank you, Aaron. Let's see who we can talk to today at the Turn 5 Ziegler Automotive Group Chalet. Eugene LaFord, sales manager, Ziegler Hyundai, having a great day at Road America for the first time. Wonderful people, wonderful time. This is Levi from Ziegler Honda here at the track watching Josh get the win. Go Wisconsin. This is Jaden at Honda Racing. I want to say thank you to Ziegler for the food, for the drinks, keeping us full. Go 77. This is Tim Olsen at Honda of Racine here at the track enjoying the day. Let's go number 77. Hi, this is Adrian Bassett, general manager for Ziegler Toyota and Ziegler Hyundai. Having a great day here at NASCAR with all my friends and family members and employees that have been a great experience so far. It's a beautiful day. Wishing everybody a happy fourth. All right, look who I just ran into. Go ahead, tell us your name and start. Justin Harmon, Ziegler Toyota of Racine. All right, Justin, and how are you enjoying Ziegler Automotive Group Family Day? It's amazing. It's great. The cars are awesome. All the people are awesome. It's a great time. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Enjoy the whole day, all right? All are you going to go through. see a bunch of vendors? Oh, yeah. Definitely. No all right. 100%. Thanks, Justin. All right. all right. Great. I bumped into another one. Tell me your name and store. Hi, I'm Rob with the Ziegler Toyota and Racine store. All right, Rob, and how are you enjoying Ziegler Automotive Group Family Day? Oh, this is awesome. You know, great to see a lot, bunch of people, a great setting. So far, it's just been awesome. Yeah. What do you think of the Corvette Bridge? I tried a Corvette to drive over it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's All right, Rob, cool. well, enjoy the day. Well, look who I bumped into now. He's I tell you what, tell me your name, your store, and how are you enjoying the Ziegler Automotive Group Family Day? My name is Gabriel. I work for Ziegler Honda, and I'm enjoying this day like one of the best days of my life. I've never been anything like this. This is awesome. I'm so glad that I joined the Ziegler family, and I chose to attend this event. Yes. Thanks, Gabe. I tell you what, that's awesome. You're going to go check out some of the vendors, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All righty. Get ready. We're going to be doing another door prize soon. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Thanks. Yes, sir. Okay, everybody. We have our 50-50 Drive for Life winner. And we were fortunate enough to raise $800, 400 goes to Drive for Life, and 400 goes to Zach, Zach from Racine Hyundai. Zach, tell us, how you feeling? Hey, Tim, this is Zach from Ziggler Hyundai. I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm having a great time out here with the team. It's just, it's just a really great time that we can all spend this time together on the weekend for the race. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, and congratulations. Enjoy the race. Thank you. Okay, I caught another one. I'm with Mike. Mike, tell us your name, your store, and how are you enjoying the Ziegler Automotive Group family day? Hey, it's Mike Dillon. I'm with uh, Ziegler Honda Racine. Great day, beautiful, great cars racing, good food, and good company, of course. Yep, no doubt. 
doubt about that. Have you seen any of the vendors yet today out there on the strip? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I saw the vendors. They're out here selling merchandise. You got advertising everywhere. I'm just waiting for the David Hobbs to be replaced by a racing Honda. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Did you get a picture with Josh? Yes. I got autographs everything. All right, fantastic. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy the day. Thanks to you, our dedicated weekly listening audience, for downloading each episode from your favorite podcast source. Thanks to Team Ziggler, NASCAR race car driver Josh Balikian, Matt Thomas, and Tim Stark for organizing the Ziggler Family Day at Wisconsin's Road America. And a big thanks to CoVideo CEO Jason Price for sharing how he's driving vision in automotive utilizing video. Join us next week for part two of his interview. Until then, how are you driving vision today? <laughs>